the Collins weren't cool to begin with. Everyone no, was like, they're weird. Everyone thought they were weird the whole time. Yeah. Everyone was like, it's so weird how they think they're cool, but they're not. They're just hot. They're just... But it, the hot really diminishes after a certain point of how they never talk to anyone or eat. Yeah, it's like, it's not worth it. And they date each other. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, welcome oh. to my parents. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we're still talking about Twilight. We're going to talk about it for three more weeks this weekend. Twilight July. Twilight, Twilight July. July. Uh, Countdown to Midnight Sun. Oh, God. All right, we're continuing our quest into Twilight July in preparation for the much-anticipated Midnight Sun coming out someday in August. I could not tell you which one. And Claire is has brought me some kind of gender bendery? Yes. Question mark. So, yes. Number one. Let me ask you, because you asked mm-hmm. me this question. Mm-hmm. Um, how many gender bent... Uh, so I looked on Ooh. Archive of Our Own. Uh-huh. If I searched fandom, mm-hmm. Twilight, Stephanie mm-hmm. Myers, yes. additional tag, gender bend, or gender swap, mm-hmm. or uh, alternative universe, gender swap. Ooh. Because I've done all of them. That's quite a couple. Yes. How Ooh, many How many, How many? many fics do you think there are? That's got to be like upwards of like 300. 18. That's it? <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> From all three of those tags? Yep. Um, so here's what I learned. And <laughs> so I, I too was like, I was like, oh, clearly this is a need that is going to be filled because Midnight Zone never was released. Therefore, obviously people were like, well, and also like, that's just a thing in general. Like- right. Literally all of these things. I was like, there's going to be thousands. I'm going to have the pick of the motherfucking litter. I would assume. I'm upset. Here is instead what I found. Oh no. Is instead the hard p- one, what I learned is... So, of life and death, which we talked about before, which was the gender bend tenth anniversary, uh, tenth anniversary yeah. where it's Bo Swan and Edith Cullen. <laughs> Number one, a lot of people. Um, what I learned on Ao3 is that there is a fan fiction version of life and death that is called Twife and Death, <laughs> and it's a lesbian yes! Twilight. Yes. But unfortunately, it's so verbatim, oh. the novel, I heard that, about it, this. that it has been taken down several times. Because and it was like a copyright infringement, because it's like exactly the same. Yes. I also found like maybe one fic that was like Bo Swan and Edward Cullen, and I was like, pass. No. Um, and I would say of the like 18 fics, like 13 of them were... <laughs> were... Femme Harry Potter is in Forks and everyone else is the same. Oddly enough, I've seen a couple of those too because it was, yeah, something about like Harry Potter and Twilight. People love to put them together. Yes. And so anyway, I was like, I will instead. I read this one and I really liked it and it really gave me a lot of like the same like angsty feels Mm -hmm. of like Twilight. It made me just really feel like I was embodying the Twilight universe. Okay. The author's name is Steph Meadows. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that they're 25 on Tumblr and they're okay. from the Philippines. Okay. So it's Emma Cullen mm-hmm. and she is interested in, or in a, it'll kind of come out in the fic, is an Abel, but it is not Bella because they're one of their tags. Oh, is, Abel is Bella. A, this is a no Bella fic. Oh, so it's just like Abel is... A human original character that's different Except that it's like maybe Abel is Alan. Alan, I think in the notes at the end, it says Abel is like Alan, who I think is one of Mike's friends. Okay. Um, 
And but I also don't remember an Alan. But also, who cares? But also, it doesn't matter. And I'm but sure then it's the relationship. But then the relationship that is tagged on this fic is Edward Cullen, Angela Weber. What? And so maybe Abel is Angela, but Abel is friends with Mike. So like Mike was friends with Mike. Yes, but like maybe it was just because since they were both dudes, I was like confused about this relationship. Okay, okay so Abel might be a gender bend of Angela. In this fic, he plays basketball, which is not. Angela Weber. It's no. again. It's, they all play volleyball or something. Like there was dumb sports. Okay, tell whatever. me about your drink. <laughs> anyway, so what I have brought for you today, I have called yes. uh, Midnight Sunrise. It does look like that. It is a <laughs> yes. It is a take on a um, tequila sunrise. Yes, yes. But I have made my own grenadine wow. using pomegranate juice, which a pomegranate features on the Midnight Sun mm-hmm. uh, book cover, of course. Also. The internet men of the world have informed me that grenadine is, in fact, made from pomegranate juice and not from cherries. It is technically a pomegranate reduction, yes. So, I didn't know that. I thought it was... We're, like, very slowly turning into bartenders that actually know what's going on. Right? Someday. I made a simple syrup for last week, like... Right? This is real stuff. Yes, and it's garnished with an apple. As an illusion? Yes, as an illusion to Twilight. Wow, look at you. Anyway. Slopped off. That's actually not bad. Some of the... It doesn't taste like, at all like a tequila sunrise, but no. I do like it. No. When I made my own syrup, I will say it still came out as, like, mostly juice. So I don't know if I should have boiled it longer. <laughs> the point is, don't make your own grenadine kiss. It looks great. It so, tastes fine. Yeah, it tastes... So I'm okay with it. So let's <laughs> let's dive in. And I'm sure we're going to have various comments along the way because um, I still have so many thoughts from even... Just diving back into Twilight has mm-hmm. been just... A journey. A journey. It really is. Our fic today is called Voices. Okay. By Seth Meadows. The summary is, Emma Cullen just wanted to help Abel Weber. Oh, it did. I did forget about Weber. It is Angela. Um, we just wanted to help Abel Weber get over his unrequited crush. He just needed to see things her way. The right one. <laughs> Emma Cullen... Thought of the high school experience as purgatory. Accurate. Don't we all? <laughs> it wasn't quite a circle of hell, but wasn't too far off. Having to repeat this never-ending cycle made her wonder if she had lost her sanity some time ago and just hadn't noticed. And it wasn't like she could pretend to be a college student, as her father's logic was to start as early as possible so they could stay in places longer. So you gotta be a freshman and oh, then yeah. go through. Yep. Yep. There was also the fact that Carlisle had a thing for the small town of Forks. Maybe the constant rain reminded him of where he came from. Perhaps he liked the quaintness of this wet, mossy corner of America. Or he was secretly an adrenaline junkie and suicidal, and being near a pack of werewolves that could kill them if they even cough near a human was too tempting to pass up. All great arguments. It's true. This is why Emma was driving to school in the shiny Volvo that stood out against her peers' second-hand cars and pickup trucks, and wondered to herself why she couldn't have died in her mid-twenties. Surely looking like she was 17 for an eternity was a cruel and unusual punishment. She must have committed a terrible crime to deserve all of this. And if Emmett did not stop trying to change the music in her car, she would set him on fire and she didn't even <laughs> care if it caused Rosalie's wrath. So everyone else is the same. Yep. Everything's the same except... Even Bella listening to people talk about life and death being like everyone is swapped except for like mm. all the Cullens. I was like, but that's all the Cullens. I don't... Yeah. Like why? No, and this is like the same except for... Um, Angela and Edward, and there is no Perfect. Bella. I don't have to keep track of much. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, she pulled into the last spot in the parking lot, expertly maneuvering around Mike Newton's red Honda Civic and ignored the shouts of outrage that came from him. She and her siblings made their way out of the car and towards the school entrance. The usual mix of voices, both verbal and mental, assaulted her and she worked on droning them all out. They could never be fully muted, much to her chagrin, over the decades, and the easiest trick she could find was to focus on one mind and submerge herself in their thoughts for a few hours. Yeah, that'd be the worst. High schoolers are awful. Right? That's why. Thinking about everyone in high school shouting their thoughts at me is like, I... No. Like, at least in college, people have interesting thoughts. Right. And instead, you have high school thoughts. Ill-developed, immature. Just everyone talking about themselves. Like, oh my god, I have a pimple. Oh my god, I have a pimple. Like, just that all day. Everyone can see. Everyone can see. I failed a test. I failed a test. I failed. Like, just like all day long. Right. (laughs) Inseparable. She had a personal favorite mind in Forks High. She had a few classes with Abel Weber, and she liked to stay inside his head as long as she could. Mm. She first encountered his thoughts in freshman, because this was the moment I was like, this is not Bella. This is a great set like setup right i love the idea of someone being like i need an escape i need to sit in this one person's thoughts and then you slowly fall in love with them because you're in their brain all day right i'm so excited right okay, let's go the, oh right <laughs> no this is i am probably gonna follow this fic for a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she had a few classes with abel weber and she liked to stay inside his head as long as she could she first encountered his thoughts in freshman year when they first moved back to Forks, and she found herself bouncing from one mind to another in class before settling on Abel's. His mind was calm and kind, much like how he was outwardly. Mm. He was one of the few people she met in her lifetime that was incapable of being anything but himself. She was pondering over him in the middle of their English class. Uh, period. She, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she was pondering over him in the middle of their English class. She sat somewhere in the middle of the room, dutifully paying attention to Mr. Monroe's lecture about one of the bard's sonnets. She stared at the back of Abel Weber's head as he took down notes. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Mr. Monroe recited. Thou art more lovely and more temperate. She looked deeper into Abel's mind. He was smiling as he recalled something. His words became visual and Lauren Mallory smiling under the summer sun appeared. She looked almost angelic, the sunlight turning her blonde hair almost white. And the daily reminder of Abel's futile crush was here. As far as she knew, Abel had an unrequited crush on Lauren Mallory that was going nowhere. The girl's mind was anger, bitterness, and cold derision. Being inside her head felt like walking on sharp icicles that would melt out of nowhere and become hot water. <laughs> Lauren's mind was one of Emma's least favorite to visit. Ah, oh, high school. Right. <laughs> That's all of high school. Everyone. She didn't know why Abel Weber was so bestowed. There was Lauren's best friend, Jessica Stanley, who, despite her inability to stop talking, was a lot nicer, and shockingly clever as her mind was all long equations and fast synapses. Her mind felt like stabbing a fork into an electrical socket. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My brain. Still better than Lauren's. Uh. And every fair... See, this is why I love Anna Kendrick, because she's Jessica, and Jessica is me. (laughs) Yes. You're all the same. We're the same. Electrical sockets. (laughs) And every fair from fair some time declines, Mr. Monroe continued, by chance or nature's changing course, untrimmed. She did not interfere in human lives. It was a personal rule she set for herself long ago. Her father was the merciful one that dedicated his existence to preserving human life. She did not share his need to contribute to the world in any way. But Abel Weber needed needed help or some sort of intervention. <laughs> she knew that his friends were unable to dissuade his feelings for his doomed crush. She felt the need to do something. He deserved better than to pine for someone that would never return his affections. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Mr. Monroe's voice joined on, nor lose possession of thou of fair thou ast. She considered her options. 
She observed over the years that humans got over their affections for someone when a new love when a new love interest was introduced. It was an easy equation. Negative one plus one equals zero, as Jessica's mind would have shouted. <laughs> Fair. Abel just needed someone else to fawn over. His type was apparently women who hated the world. <laughs> Rosalie would have been ideal, as she even looked similar to Lauren. The only problem being Rosalie would rather be guillotined than help her with this. Alice would have found it amusing, but Jasper, who was never too far from his wife, might also eat Abel. <laughs> he... <laughs> she considered all the girls in school and disqualified them. How is Jasper allowed to be in high school at this point? Like, he's such a terrible... He's, he's a bad newborn. He, he is. takes so long. He does. He takes a long time. And, like, I, th- I, think, I think the only reason he's in high school is that, like... Alice has seen the future of when he will be totally chill. And she's like, don't worry, guys. He'll be chill really soon. He'll be there now. I see it. It's going to happen. She considered all the girls in school and disqualified them due to to Abel's general disinterest. Mm -hmm. He was never unkind to them, even in his thoughts, but he didn't desire any of them. Maybe it would just be easier to let Jasper modify his emotions. Mm. Abel turned his head and they made eye contact. Mm. His brown eyes were almost as dark as his hair. His face was nicely proportioned, a nose slightly too big, thin lips, and freckles everywhere. He wasn't unfortunate looking for a human. Uh, He gave her that small, friendly smile he gave everyone. She'd seen him give it to teachers and students alike for over three years. This was the first time he had ever given it to her, and there was nothing extraordinary about it, but she found herself breaking eye contact and staring down at her desk. Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade. Mr. Monroe was still reading that that damnable (laughs) sonnet. When in eternal lines, to time thou'st grossed. She didn't look up again for a few minutes, and Abel was back to taking notes. She was being silly. She hadn't had a heartbeat for close to a century, and she knew that her heart would have been beating faster if it could. She might have even blushed. Mm -hmm. The most absurd idea came to her, and she didn't dismiss it immediately. Abel needed to find someone else to crush on to get over Lauren Mallory. That devotion just needed some nudging to a more worthy person. Like Jessica Stanley, they would be good together. He just needed to see things her way. The right one. And she also knew that she would have to involve herself directly to get things done. Humans could be too stubborn for their own good. Mm. They had the same lunch period after class, which gave her the opportunity to talk to him in the hallway. He was several inches taller than her, and she had to use some of her vampire speed to catch up to his longer gait. Living around Emmett for 70 years taught her the best way to get a tall man's attention, which uh, which was to make him look down. She got to his side and fell into step with him. She asked abruptly, What'd you think about the sonnet? He turned to her, his brow furring. Uh, he stopped in the middle of the hallway as she realized who was talking to him. She reali- she refused to look away from his stare. She would not break his t- uh, would not break this time. It was just difficult to be intimidating when you had to almost fully tilt your head up to look at him. His thoughts were a mass of confusion. The sonnet? Sonnet 18, she clarified. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Finally, regaining his bearings, he replied, Yes, I remember. I thought it was nice. Nice, she echoed. You don't think it's derivative? (laughs) She blinked as if seeing her for the first time. He was still in shock. Is it derivative? Is it is it derivative? I haven't thought about that in a while, so I don't know. Also, I feel like... Other things are derivative of that. Right. So I don't... Can the original be derivative? Is all of derivative? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's the answer. We found it. He blinked at her as if seeing seeing her for the first time. He was still in shock she was talking to him willingly. He was pondering that this was the most words he had ever heard from her. 
I don't think it's derivative. It's... It's romantic, right? He remarked. Eternal love and devotion aren't derivative. They're what we should aspire to. Vampire. Ooh. Um, that was... Vampire's me. Um... But love is fleeting, she pointedly ignored the looks people were sending them, particularly her siblings. People declaring their undying love and then finding new love in the next breath, and that old love is forgotten. I don't think every love story is this. I'm Emma. (laughs) I don't think every love story is like that. For example, there was uh, Rosalind in Romeo and Juliet. This is Emma. Um, Mm. For example, there was Rosalind in Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Sissy loves her, and then the second he meets Juliet, Rosalind is tossed aside like she's nothing, she argued. He found a new love and proved that love doesn't last forever. It gets you and the other person committing suicide. How is that romantic? He stared at her for a moment, as if assessing her before smiling. It's not. Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy. Romeo is infatuated with Rosalind. He didn't love her. And Juliet? Maybe he did love her, or maybe he was infatuated with her too, he shrugged. Either way, their story isn't one to aspire to. There are better ones out there. She clutched her bag to her chest. I'm not sure where this conversation had gone to. Like? You've ever watched The Princess Bride? <laughs> he nodded. Wesley and Buttercup's romance. Now that is worth aspiring to. Definitely better. Right? She had watched it. Uh, when it had come out in theaters and Alice insisted on seeing it, she had thought it silly and forgettable. Emma, you're wrong. She had the urge to rewatch it now. <laughs> Good. It was nice to finally meet you after three years. He gave... Whoa. <laughs> That's passive aggressive. He gave her that friendly smile again. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to eat. I'm starving. She watched him walk down the hallway and to the cafeteria till the back of his head disappeared from view. She was still standing there when Alice and Jasper came over. The latter grinned at her knowingly. Alice looped their arms together and led them to the cafeteria. Rosalie and Emmett were at their usual table. Plates of untouched pasta lay there, never to be consumed. She took a seat before Rosalie and glanced up at the table across the room. There was Abel Weber, eating his lunch without a care in the world. He looked the same, but something had changed. She didn't know what it was. On one of the many sleepless nights in their existence, she borrowed Alice's copy of The Princess Bride and watched it in her room. It was still silly and forgettable. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I like that movie. Yeah. She didn't know what Abel was going on about. She finished the film annoyed and disappointed. To channel out her emotions, she asked Emmett to go hunting with her. Even as she fed on the mountain line, she still <laughs> had that damn priest from the movie's voice echoing in her head. Mowage. <laughs> That blessed arrangement. That dream within a dream. <laughs> Maybe she should just kill Abel Weber. <laughs> she only thought it for a second before changing her mind. It wasn't worth destroying the treaty for a teenage boy. A teenage boy who thought he was wiser than his years, trying to debate Shakespeare with her of all people. No, she would not kill him. She declared as she helped Emmett take down a bear. She would make him like her and then make him dislike her. That should two one plus negative one plus one is zero. She's it's, going to make him like her, and mm, then so she's replacing Jessica in this plan. Yes, ah, yes. She's going to be like instead of going after her, you'll come after me. I do love the idea of someone using their mind powers simply for like matchmaking, right? <laughs> right. That shouldn't be hard. It should be easier than having to hold this bear down as Emmett had his dinner. Why did Emmett have to take so long to eat? This wasn't wine. There was no need to save her. Could you hurry up? She hissed impatiently. I have things to do. Emmett raised his head. I'm almost done. Fine. Abel Weber was nicer than a bear. He hadn't tried to bite or scratch her once. (laughs) That's how you know, true love. You're nicer than a bear. If she ever ate... (laughs) 
If she ever ate him, he would probably be polite and stay still, so she would get a precise bite into his artery. He would probably even play some relaxing jazz music during the whole thing. She wouldn't kill him. He didn't deserve it. This damn bear deserved it. It was taking forever to die. And then she, like, goes to history class, and they're studying the 1918 influenza pandemic, God. which I thought was both topical and is also funny because that is how Edward and Emma mm -hmm. died. Um, and that brings us to the end of this chapter. And there's a couple of notes, um, which we, some of it we've already discussed, how the author doesn't like Edith because I... None of us like Edith. Um, she also picked Emma because uh, it's a Jane Austen character. And mm. in the Jane Austen character, she also thinks that she's smarter than everyone and is the perfect matchmaker. So mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. doubly funny. Um, and so she, and just like in the Austen book, Emma is kind of standoffish with her own crush mm. and doesn't register that it's a crush and not just like that she's trying to hook them up with someone else. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's just some like, let's see, the title... The story title is of the song Voices by Against the Current, which is my inspiration to write the story. It's both stereotypes. Right? What I didn't mention before is that, so when they're in history class, okay. they had to draw names out of a hat of who was going to be their project partner. So one, okay. I think they they randomly picked a event in history, and then they also picked a name. And so it was like, mm. oh, sucks, you got 19... 18 influenza that that's when you partners. they died and she got paired with abel chapter two not yet mm. abel directed her to his house on bokashill way a small one-story structure painted a faded light green with a detached shed she parked the volvo and opened the car door for him he refused her help getting out of the car oh i forgot um the other part because i was like why is she helping him into the car the other part that I skipped over was that Abel injured himself playing basketball. Ah. He has a sprained knee. Oh, no. So, and I think Emma was watching when it happened. Mm. Like, because uh, she was like, she and Mike took Abel to the hospital and they actually, Carlisle was there and was like, was like, oh, interesting. Are you interested in this boy? And she was like, no, I am not. And Carlisle is like. I approve. was essentially like, I approve, because he was like, Abel, why don't you let Emma drive you home? Mm, and she's like, okay. it's not like that, Carlisle. Gotcha. And he's like, I sure, see. Sure, sure, sure. Be like, I see you, child. He refused her help getting out of the car, hopping on one leg as he made his way to the porch steps. He was slow, but he got to the front door eventually, unlocking it and turning back to her with that friendly, if not uncomfortable, smile of his. We don't have to work on the report today, he told her. I can write it, and you can just text me whatever parts you want. She narrowed her eyes at him. Do you always do this? He looked confused. Do what? Do all the work and let other people take the credit? I... He looked embarrassed, his face flushing a bright red. I... I don't do that. She listened to his internal dialogue. He reassured himself he didn't do what she suggested. Then memories came. The amount of times he let Mike or Tyler slack off and did all the work. The times he let his classmates make him do the brunt of the work and not, com and not complain because he didn't like conflict. And it wasn't like he was doing much with his time anyway. I don't like being lazy, she interrupted his mental diatribe. My father has always stressed on the importance of a work ethic. Now, how about you invite me in and we can get this over with? Vampire. That's not a thing in Twilight, but... It should it be. should be. He moved to the side and walked, and then Edward couldn't have watched her sleep. Yeah. Um, that would have been fine. Right? He moved, in to, he moved to the side, and she walked in without hesitation. The inside of the house was very similar to the exterior. Old but sturdy furniture, an old TV and photos of the family and picture frames. She inwardly snorted at the big heavy cross on the wall, remembering that April's father was a Lutheran minister. The ancient piano at the corner made her smile, and she made a beeline towards it. 
It was made of dark oak, and she traced the Sauter logo, remembering a similar piano her mother taught her how to play on. When she had left school at 15, she spent most of her days practicing piano until her fingers went numb. It was better than being forced to go to parties and being pushed towards men who only wanted to talk about themselves. And because Emma would have been a... Of course, yeah. a debutante or something. Yes, exactly. And being ignored by her father, who would retreat to his study and his friends, with his friends, and smoke cigars, and drink, and... Do you play? Abel asked. You could play old Bess. She wouldn't mind. Bess? That's what we named her, he smiled, and she saw a memory of a woman with dark hair, and who she could only assume was Abel's mother, teaching him to play do re mi on the piano. She's old, but she's hanging in there. Good old Bess. She found herself smiling despite herself, and Abel was staring at her, almost in awe. She had to turn away from his brown eyes, lest she say something she didn't want to. He excused himself to go change, and she sat on the stool and began to play Esme's favorite nocturne piece. Mm. The piano needed some tuning, but she didn't mind. If she closed her eyes, she could be back home and playing on her grand piano. If she tried enough, she might be back in Chicago, at her family's old townhouse. Her mother would be writing letters in her room, her father at his office, and her fat beagle Milo would be sleeping on the rug nearby. Hours would pass by before her mother would come down and tell her to get ready for dinner. Her father would come home, and they would quietly have dinner together, and Milo would beg for scraps by her feet. You play beautifully. She turned to see Abel had returned, and was sitting on the couch again. My mother would say, you're talented. But I wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. It's just, that's always... My mother would say you're talented. My mother would say I have no opinion. Yes. It's just plenty of practice. Decades of it. Don't you play? I used to, and then I got busy with school. Abel trailed off and reached for his backpack, pulling out his textbook. We should start on that report. I won't keep you here all night. Oh, do you? She stood. Not. <laughs> she stood up and took a seat on the armchair across from him. She, he apparently had gone to the library and found information on the topic. He even made his way to the public library and researched online for newspaper articles and photos. She stared down at newspaper clippings and tried to ignore the sinking feeling in her stomach. Spanish influenza makes appearance. Wear a mask and save your life. Influenza case in quarantine here. Spanish flu spreads all over Europe. Flu epidemic rages fast. Influenza epidemic closes schools, churches, theaters. Six million deaths from influenza. And I read in the notes, Mm -hmm. these are all real headlines. They sound real. I believe it. That um, our beloved author. I like flu Also rich. Right? (laughs) Like that wasn't a term yet, which is wild. Right? Spend a flu. Yeah. Air quotes. Emma. She blinked at the sight of Abel kneeling in front of her, careful not to put weight on his bad knee. His brown eyes were wide in concern, and she shook her head, trying to push away thoughts of crowded hospitals and her mother. Are you okay? Abel grasped her hand gently. Emma, tell me what's wrong. I can't. She closed her eyes and pushed away the past with all her might. She had done she had done such a good job of burying all the painful parts away, and she didn't know why they were coming back now. It's too terrible. What is? Abel asked softly, his thumbs running a circle gently over her knuckles. Maybe talking about it. I just don't like people touching me. <laughs> talking, touching so, your like, knuckles. And so sometimes the idea of like, so sometimes the thing that is like horrifying to me in these fanfics is like all of the How casual touch touching. Each other? Let me and... rub your knuckle. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like it. It just feels. Which knuckle? It just feels. <laughs> Again, I'm like, I just don't like to be touched. So some of it is like, not that this is like, 
not like the the hair and chin stroking and yeah, like all the descriptions of it. Yeah, I, I just don't like to be touched, <laughs> which is why I'm alone. But well, especially because like, they're just like high school classmates. And like, can you also imagine you just saw like someone just stare off into the distance like soulfully, and you're like, <sighs> you're like, let me rub their knuckles. And again, maybe he <sighs> could secretly have a crush on. Her I feel, like, but she like, would know, right? Like, she would. unless it's a subconscious. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay, that's true. Let's it's take like. Back. <laughs> So it's like, so anything is Many possible. Layers. So it's like anything is possible. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, as a human being, don't like to be touched. So, um, against my consent. It's like, I guess I like hugs, but That's otherwise, different. it's different. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I can't. Knuckles. She closed her eyes and pushed away the uh, the past with all her might. She had done such a good job of burying all the painful parts away, and she didn't know why they were coming back now. It's because we're in a pandemic again. It's too terrible. What is it? Abel asked softly, his uh, knuckles, yes. <laughs> Maybe talking about it can help. She shook her head vehemently. No, I'm fine. You're clearly not fine, he sighed. Do you want me to call your siblings? If you don't want to talk to me, I understand. Let me get somebody who can help. It was his kindness, his unfailing decency that undid her. She had grown up around men who only cared about their wants and needs. She was meant to be a property, an extension of a man's vanity. No man, even her father, had cared for what she had wanted until she died. <laughs> Snaps. 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 Here was Abel Weber, who, despite not even being her friend, wanted to help. Made her wonder if he had been born earlier if she pushed those thoughts away, not trusting them. The past seemed even more palatable than where her mind had been leading her. My mother, my birth mother, died when I was very young, she admitted. It was the flu. My father got it first. We hoped it was just a cold. Then my mother got sick, too, and we were all in the hospital. And then my mother, she, she was gone. I was wondering how she was going to explain that, because I'm like, how do you explain that you died in the influenza pandemic? You're like, I died in the My uh, great-grandparents died in influenza pandemic, and so, so I'm, I'm very just, triggered. I'm just very triggered by this assignment, and I should have asked for a different project. But I didn't, because of plot reasons. <laughs> for reasons. Yes. She had been alone. When Carlyle had first turned her, she had wanted nothing to do with him. She locked herself away, trying to block out all the voices she heard. Voices. Trying to block out all the voices she heard. Her hearing and ability made it hard to decipher which was internal and external. That would be hard. Yeah, You're yeah, like, did I hear it with awful. my ears or did I hear it with my mind? <laughs> with little to no control, all she knew was that she was going to go mad if she did not keep her distance from everyone. I'm sorry, Abel whispered, afraid anything louder would break her. I'm sorry you had to lose your parents. She opened her eyes, wiping her tears with her free hand. Abel was still holding hers and she didn't want him to let go. I love my adopted parents. Carl and Esme have always treated me like their own, but I was close to my birth mother, as most people most are. Most people are. She taught me everything. How to read, write, sew, play piano. She sniffed, trying to stop her tears that kept coming. I didn't want this life, and she would have hated me. Abel's right? Rude. Abel stared at her in horror. No, don't think that. She would have loved you. Why? <laughs> because that's what moms do, he insisted. They love you and take care of you no matter who you are or what you do. Even if she had killed murderers, rapists, and criminals of the same ilk. Rosalie had hunted with her, and she had felt camaraderie with her sister in wanting to punish those who had only caused other people pain. Rosalie had been so angry after she had turned, and had recognized a similar wrath in her. And if Emmett hadn't been turned, it would still be just the two of them hunting and discarding men of black hearts. Even as they felt the guilt and the self-loathing growing within themselves, they were justified. They had to be. That's, you're murdering. Yeah, you're murdering people. 
Even if you didn't think you deserve it, Abel assured her. He pulled out a handkerchief from his pocket. <laughs> wait, wait, no. <laughs> Are you That's sh- not a thing. High schoolers. High schoolers. Damn. Maybe one nerdy high schooler does. I, mm. The same guy who has a briefcase has a handkerchief. So Abel is the guy with the br- suit in the briefcase in high school? Yes. I, uh, it doesn't seem canon to the story. No, Emma must like it because of her Edwardian sure. roots. How about we finish this some other day? I think we've covered enough for now. She wanted to protest and push for them to get the work done, but she was too exhausted to care. The sight of the newspaper articles made her sick, and she agreed with Abel as she wiped at her wet face. He wordlessly put away his research, and she readied herself to leave. He wanted to see her out, but she declined, citing he needed to rest his knee. Are you sure you're going to be okay? He asked worriedly. I would call your family to pick you up. No, she wrapped her arms around herself. I should be okay. Nodding, he hesitated before offering. If you ever need someone to talk to. I'll come find you. She smiled softly and glanced at the wooden cross on the wall. Thank you for your concern, Abel. Anytime. She turned away and left the house without looking back. In the safety of her car, she refused to look for his silhouette by the window as she drove away. She wondered, as she made her way home, why she opened up to Abel Weber. She hadn't planned on it, and it was unnecessary. She just couldn't get herself to regret it. And... So she goes home. She's, like, angsty about the thing with Abel. Mm-hmm. She, like, goes to Alice's room, and she's like, Alice, who does Abel end up with? Like, there's, mm-hmm. like, more conversation where it's, like, Abel... Some future stuff. Like, Alice is like, I see you're trying to set up Abel with Jessica. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I... She, she's like, yeah, I am. Um, Can you see in the future? Is that going to work? And Alice is like, we both know... Where it's going. That's not going to work out. But she's like, but who does Abel end up with? And Alice is like, knowing look... And then she's like, you, you idiot. Being a dumb idiot. And then also the rest of the Cullens are also like, um, clearly you love each other. You love each other. And like, that's going to happen. Emmett is her favorite sibling mm-hmm. in this. And so Emmett is also like, so, uh, like she like follows behind When's Abel one day. Happen? And he's like, so when are you going to like, that's ask not what he that says. Out. But yeah, ask <laughs> that out. And she's like, um, no, that's not what this is about. I'm just trying to get able to not like that bitch, uh, Lauren. Lauren anymore. And he's like, sure, whatever. Do you want to bet your car on it? And they're like, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, fine. Here we are. So she bet her car that she could get Abel and Jessica together? Yeah. That was dumb. Emmett, yeah. <laughs> she was like, uh, she was like, I bet your truck, Emmett, that we're not going to fall in love. And Emmett is like, I'll take that action. And so, <laughs> I'll like, take that bet. So, it's a stupid bet. It is a stupid bet. <laughs> she had to push her matchmaking efforts more now that she had her Volvo and pride on the line. It was one of those moments she wished she had her mother and she could ask her what boys liked, only for her to remember that her mother, as much as she loved her, would tell her to be amiable and sweet and agree to everything he said. Her only choices were to ask Esme or Alice. She decided on Alice, as talking about any boy with Esme fictional or not would only end with her adoptive mother's delusional hope that she would finally find love and be in couple's bliss like the rest of her family. Carlisle and her brothers had gone hunting, which was the perfect time for her to have a chat with her sister. She found Alice in her bedroom, sketching out another dress in one of her numerous notebooks, which was a call out to her Equinox um, fic, is that Alice is a fashion designer. Interesting. Okay. Hello, Alice, she greeted. Are you busy? Alice didn't look up as she continued drawing. Is it time for the sex talk already? She stopped. What? Her sister finally looked up and gave her one of her dreamy smiles that she used when she wasn't quite sure what timeline she was in. It took Alice a moment before she finally said, Is this the, about Jessica and the futile matchmaking? Uh, 
She had never said a word to anyone about what she was doing, and she hadn't thought of consulting Alice about this because she didn't think Alice was paying attention to the future of a bunch of human adolescents. Fair. <laughs> is, this, is this gonna work? She might as well ask. Abel and Jessica? He likes someone else, Alice frowned. Or will like. Yes, he likes Lauren. That's what I'm trying to get him to stop doing. Right. Her. Alice hummed and she went back to her drawing. Emma took a seat on the bed beside her sister and asked, Does he like somebody else besides Lauren? He will, but not yet. Her sister made that scraping noise on paper that always mildly irked Emma. You know, pencil writing. <laughs> you know. There are still decisions to be made. The future could be so cryptic for having a direct tap into the pool of the great beyond. Sometimes, Alice would tell them things out of order, or were said in a way that were too vague for them to understand until later. It could be so frustrating. And Emma had stopped asking about her future years ago. Least she obsessed with wondering what Alice was trying to tell her. Who will Abel like, then? Alice gave her another dreamy smile. You, of course. She couldn't react to that as Emmett's booming voice yelled out from outside, Ha! I'm getting a Volvo! <laughs> she left the bed, opened the window, and stuck her head out, trying to find Emmett's hulking form through the trees. You are not! She was going to drive him and his truck into the ocean, and she was not going to miss him. He could rot there on the seafloor forever. And that's, the end, and that's the end of the chapter. And, uh, but yeah, nice. and there's like a whole lot whole of, notes, of notes, which some of them I covered. So like, it's like mm -hmm. the newspapers, Emma, mm -hmm. and uh, there's some other notes. They did, oh, I, the part, the other part I didn't read was in like their English lit class mm -hmm. is that they are reading Carmilla, which is a vampire it's story. It's like a vampire novel. Yeah. Yes. And so it was like a funny haha, because like the English teacher is like, isn't it sad how va is it? a vampire is a very lonely figure. She wants a companion forever. You find it in almost all cultures, but there are three things you find in almost every vampire story. Sex, blood, and death. So that happened in their English lit class. And sure. anyway. That's fun. So yeah, I, uh. I found it a fun little story. I liked that uh, Emma Edward is like more falling in love with someone who can actually read his mind and it's more like that it's just like their mind is quieter than everyone else's yeah i do love the dynamic of like and i don't think i have a feeling this is not going to be explored in midnight sun but i can hope that the mind reading element is not creepy and is like some kind of solace like he decides like oh bella is the most interesting because I can't read her mind and therefore I actually have to pay attention to her like facial features and like her versus like, she's a challenge that I can't understand, <laughs> which I think is actually what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it's actually going to be. Which is uh, less fun to me. <laughs> it is, but we so can... this was a cool dynamic. I liked the like, this is the mind I found solace in because I have to find it somewhere. Yeah, it's like every other teenager's mind no is a dumpster fire and this one is not. <laughs> <laughs> I need to fall in love with this one non-dumpster fire. Excellent. All right. So we're going to continue next week with our Twilight July. Yes. Claire, what is my next Twilight assignment? Okay. So after seeing all of these Harry Potter Twilight, like gender men crossovers, I'm very fascinated about um, what would be, I want you to find a good uh, crossover fic between Twilight and another fandom. Anything else except maybe Harry Potter. Maybe try not to find Something Harry more Potter. Interesting. Yeah, because there's a I lot understand. of Harry Potter. Sounds great. All right. So with that, you can find us at Fine Fairings Podcast on Instagram, on TikTok, and at Gmail. Podcast at gmail.com. You can give us a five-star review, and to thank you, we will write you a 500-word fanfiction based on your suggestion, and you can request who you want it by. Otherwise, we're just going to pick amongst ourselves. 
We'll see if this works. Like, I'm curious. I don't know if it will. We'll see. <laughs> Gotta try. To, Gotta try. Or we're gonna have to write a lot. I feel like there's two ways this could go. One of two ways will happen. None or 75. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. Have a great rest of July. Goodbye. Twilight. <laughs>